the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. Grieving is natural. Grieving the death of someone is natural. But the Bible says we do not grieve like people who have no hope. We grieve, but as believers in Jesus Christ, we grieve with hope. We have the hope of the resurrection. As Christians, we know that we will see our loved ones again who have died in Christ. One thing that will make heaven so wonderful will be that we will be reunited with family and friends who were believers who have died and we'll see them again. Losing someone you love is absolutely heartbreaking. There are few more painful things to go through in this life. Death is a result of the fall of humanity in the Garden of Eden. It's a result of sin. But in today's message, Pastor Dan will remind you that while it can be devastating to lose a loved one, in Christ, we'll all be reunited one day. For those who've placed their trust and faith in Jesus Christ, we have the hope of eternity in heaven. We'll get to see those loved ones again and be with Jesus. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 23 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 23, if you want to turn there in your Bible. Genesis 23, beginning with verse 1. And it says, Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. And so Sarah died in Kerjath Arba, that is Hebron or Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then Abraham stood up from before his dead and spoke to the sons of Heth, saying, I am a foreigner and a visitor, an alien, among you. Give me property for a burial place among you that I may bury my dead out of my sight. And the sons of Heth answered Abraham, saying to him, Hear us, my Lord, you are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our burial places. None of us will withhold from you his burial place that you may bury your dead. And then Abraham stood up and bowed himself to the people of the land, and he spoke with them, saying, If it is your wish that I bury my dead out of my sight, hear me, and meet with Ephron, the son of Zohar, for me that he may give me the cave of Machpelah, which he has, which is at the end of his field. Let him give it to me at the full price as property for a burial place among you. Now Ephron dwelt among 
the sons of Heth, and Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham in the presence of the sons of Heth, all who entered at the gate of his city, saying, No, my Lord, hear me, I give you the field and the cave that is in it. I give it to you in the presence of the sons of my people. I give it to you, bury your dead. And then Abraham bowed himself down before the people of the land. And he spoke to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, saying, If you will give it, please hear me. I will give you money for the field. Take it from me, and I will bury my dead there. And Ephron answered Abraham, saying to him, My Lord, listen to me. The land is worth 400 shekels of silver, but what is that between you and me? So bury your dead. And Abraham listened to Ephron, and Abraham weighed out the silver for Ephron, which he had named in the hearing of the sons of Heth, 400 shekels of silver, currency of the merchants. And so the field of Ephron, which was in Machpelah, which was before Mamre, the field and the cave which was in it, and all the trees that were in the field, which were within all the surrounding borders, were deeded to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the sons of Heth before all who went in at the gate of his city. And after this, Abraham buried his wife in the cave of the field of Machpelah before Mamre, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And so the field and the cave that is in it were deeded to Abraham by the sons of Heth as property for a burial place. So here in chapter 23, we have the death and burial of Sarah. Uh, and, and the mention of Sarah's death in this chapter reminds us that we all have an appointment with death. All of us. You know, lately there's been a, a lot of talk in the news about the, 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 the death rate because of the, the pandemic. Well, well really, uh, the death rate always remains a constant. 10 out of 10 people die, right? I mean, that number, it, it just never changes. It's always the same. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it says, Each person is destined to die, and then comes judgment. Death is, a, is an appointment we will all keep. And so the question is, are you spiritually prepared for that appointment? The only way to be spiritually prepared is through putting your faith in Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ ensures eternal life after we die. And here in verse 1, it, it says, Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of, of Sarah. Now, if you're a note taker, Sarah is the only woman in the entire Bible whose age at her death is re recorded. And it's recorded as a as a way of indicating Sarah's uh, importance in the scripture. Sarah is highly regarded uh, in, in the Bible. Uh, you know, Abraham is called the patriarch of the Hebrew people. He's the, the patriarch of faith. Sarah is the matriarch of the Hebrew people and the matriarch uh, of faith. And she's highly esteemed, as I said, in the scriptures uh, she, she dies at the age of 127, which means Abraham was 137 when she died. And it also means that Isaac, her only child, was 37 
years old when Sarah uh, passed away. And Sarah's age here, it's, it's significant. I, th- I think there's some meaning to her age. Uh, back in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, the Lord said the lifespan of man will be 120 years. And so Sarah lived beyond the typical lifespan. She lived 120 years plus seven years. And seven, of course, is a significant number in the Bible. So Sarah lived longer than uh, the average person at that time. Today, we would say she lived a full life. She lived a full life and she was able to enjoy 37 years with her, her son, her only child. And now she passes away. You know, twice in the Bible, we are told to look, look at Sarah as an example of godliness and faith. In Isaiah 51 and 1 Peter chapter 3, even to this day, Sarah serves as an example to people. Uh, in particular to wives. And so th- this is her legacy. You know, th- this, is, this is what she is remembered for. She is remembered for her godliness. She's remembered for her faith in God. This is what is written about her after she dies. Her godliness, her faith in God, her faithfulness. What will you be remembered for? After you die, what will people say about you? What will people say at your funeral? What stories will they tell about you? Will you be remembered for your godliness? Will you be remembered for your faith in the Lord? Your faithfulness? Will people describe you as an example to follow? That was Sarah. Sarah is remembered for her godliness. She's remembered for her faith. In the Lord. And so Sarah died in Kerijath Arba, and then we're told that is Hebron. Later on, the name was changed for that city, it was changed to Hebron or Hebron. Uh, the name Hebron, it means friend. And the name was changed to Hebron because Abraham settled there and Abraham was a friend of God. So they called the town Friend. And so she died in Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron, Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And notice what it says. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Abraham came to mourn for Sarah. If you, if you look back up in chapter 22 and verse 19, we were told that Abraham was dwelling in Beersheba while Sarah is in Hebron. For some unknown reason, they're not dwelling together when Sarah died. It's it's likely that Abraham was dwelling in Beersheba uh, because of the season. Uh, He's a shepherd. He probably had his flocks down in in Beersheba. Uh, Shepherding, you know, shepherds would move around with their flocks to provide new fields for them. Uh, So it's likely that's why he is, is in a different location. But we don't know for sure. For some reason, Abraham wasn't in town when his wife Sarah passed away. And when he received word that Sarah died, Abraham came to her at Hebron and he mourned and he wept for his wife. You know, Abraham and Sarah were married for a really, really long time. 
And they, they had gone on this great big adventure with God together, leaving everything they knew and their families and Ur of the Chaldees and going out on faith and following the Lord. And they lived this life of faith and they've seen God's faithfulness and they've seen God's miracles through all of the decades together as husband and wife. And so Abraham understandably was broken hearted over his wife's death and he mourned for Sarah. You know, as believers, we mourn when people die. Grieving, grieving is natural. Grieving the death of someone is natural. But the Bible says we do not grieve like people who have no hope. We grieve, but as believers in Jesus Christ, we grieve with hope. We have the hope of the resurrection. As Christians, we know that we will see our loved ones again who have died in Christ. One thing that will make heaven so wonderful will be that we will be reunited with family and friends who were believers who have died and we'll see them again and we'll be them, with them forever. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment, but first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Isn't that that wonderful? I mean, that's one of the things to look forward to with heaven. You know, the Apostle Paul says the resurrection will take the sting out of death. Death does sting, doesn't it? It hurts. It's painful. But that pain will be removed one day by the resurrection. We're reunited with those that we love that have died in Christ. Abraham here, he he mourns and he weeps for his wife, Sarah. Then verse three, then Abraham stood up from before his dead and he spoke to the sons of Heth. Now, the sons of Heth, they lived in that area. It was it was their land. Uh, They were Hittites. Your translation might say Hittites here. And he goes to them. And in verse 4, he says, look what he says, I am a foreigner and a visitor or an alien living among you. Give me property for a burial place among you that I may bury my dead out of my sight. Now, what Abraham does in verse 4 is very telling for a couple of reasons. First of all, in ancient times and even today, it was customary to bury your dead in the place that you considered home. We still do that today. It's customary to bury your dead in the place that you consider home. If a person happens to die in a place that, that they don't consider to be their home, the family will transport the body back to their home. And maybe you've, you've had that experience in your family or you know somebody who's had to transport a body back to home for for burial. Uh, We we find an example of that in the Bible in Genesis chapter 49. Chapter 49, Jacob uh, was living in Egypt with his sons, and his dying request 
was, don't bury me here in Egypt. Take me back to Canaan and bury me in, in Canaan. Those, those were his dying words to his sons. And so when Jacob died, his family transported his body back to the land of Canaan and buried him there. Canaan was home to Jacob, not, not Egypt. He didn't want to be buried in, in Egypt. He wanted to be buried in Canaan because Canaan is home and you bury your dead in the place that is considered home. Now, Abraham and Sarah were from Ur of the Chaldees. Ur of the Chaldees was, was technically home for them. All of their family was back in Ur. Ur is their homeland. But Abraham did not transport Sarah's body back to Ur for burial, as one might expect him to do. Instead, he buys a cave in Canaan. And he buries Sarah in the land of Canaan. Which says what? Abraham considers Canaan to be home now. Canaan is his home. Not of the Chaldees where he's from. Or to put it another way, Abraham doesn't identify with his old life anymore. God called him out of that old life in Ur of the Chaldees. And God has called him into a new life in Canaan. And now Canaan is home. Canaan is his life. His life is in Canaan. His future is in Canaan. He doesn't identify with Ur anymore. And so too with us. God has called us out of our old life in the world. He's called us out of our old life of sin. And he's called us to a new life in Christ. And we are new creations in Christ. The Bible says the old things have passed away. Everything's made new. The Bible says our old life of sin was crucified with Christ. We don't identify with that old life of sin any, any longer. The old life is not our home. The new life is. And there's nothing for us back there. Our future is found in the new life. This is our home. So it, it, it's, it's profound here. It's telling that he chooses to bury Sarah in Canaan. And not Ur. Canaan is his home. Notice in verse 4 also that Abraham begins his request of the Hittites by identifying himself as a foreigner and a visitor living among them. And Abraham was a foreigner in more ways than one. Abraham was a foreigner uh, because he was from Ur of the Chaldees, but he was also a foreigner because he recognized heaven as his true home. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says, By faith Abraham dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham was a foreigner in this world everywhere he went because he was living for and waiting for heaven. And so he he was never really at home in this world. As believers in Jesus Christ, we're foreigners in this world. We're we're visitors in this world. We're sojourners. We're We're just passing through. We're waiting for heaven. And so we never feel quite at home, really, in this world. Or we don't feel like we belong. We long for home. We long for heaven. More and more, we long for heaven. And so Abraham goes to the Hittites and he he says, hey, I'm a foreigner. 
I'm a visitor here. I'm an alien living here among you. Will you give me property for a burial place among you that I may bury my dead out of my sight? Now, as a foreigner, as as a person from another country, legally, Abraham was not allowed to own land in Canaan, according to the Hittite law. He's not allowed to own land there because he's a foreigner. He had no legal right to property in that land. You know, in in the Bible, foreigners are often lumped in with widows and orphans because foreigners were at a legal disadvantage. They, They didn't really have any legal rights as as, as foreigners. And so here what's happening, Abraham, uh, he, he goes to the local leaders there in Hebron uh, because he's a foreigner. He, he knows that he is restricted from owning land. And so he goes to these leaders and he's asking them for an exception so he can bury his wife. And so he, he says... You know, hey, I'm a foreigner, I'm a visitor among you. Will you give me property for a burial place among you that I may bury my dead out of my sight? Uh, I'm a foreigner, but may I have just enough land to bury my wife? I know I'm not allowed to own land, but I'm asking you to make an exception. Just give me a, a, a tomb. That's all that I'm asking for. And the sons of Heth, verse 5 answered Abraham, now watch their answer, saying to him, Hear us, my Lord, you are a mighty prince among us. The Hittites say, you are a mighty prince. Abraham had a good reputation among his neighbors. He had a good testimony. And that's going to help him in this situation, having a good reputation. Now that he's, he's, he's going to them asking for a favor. His reputation goes before him, with them. We should seek to have a good reputation among non-believers. You know, Jesus said we should let our light shine before men so that when they see our good works, not hear our words, but see our good works, see how we live, see our manner of life, see what we do, that they will glorify our Father in heaven. In verse 6, Abraham and these these. Hittite leaders, the local leaders, they now enter into a negotiation over over a piece of property. They say to Abraham in verse 6, Hear us, my Lord, you are a mighty prince among us. Then they say, Bury your dead in the choices of our burial places. None of us will withhold from you his burial place that you may bury your, your dead. Now, this negotiation that takes place here, it, it, was, um, it was very typical for a Middle Eastern negotiation. The sons of Heth, the Hittites, begin by offering to give Abraham any burial place he wants. This is very typical, even still today. So they, they begin by saying, you know, bury your dead in the choices of, of our burial places. You, you, you can have whatever burial place you want. You, you pick it and you can have it. Now that's not what they really mean. This is just the thing. This is just their culture of how they negotiate uh, an an agreement. They're 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 showing kindness to Abraham by saying you can you can have any cave you want, you can have any burial ground you want, it's yours. But they don't really mean that. And Abraham knew they didn't really mean that he can have any burial place. 
It was just a cultural thing to start out with such a generous offer in this negotiation. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again, or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer requests with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll make sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Genesis. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.